worship. I want you to look on the screen. Give them Psalms 23. I want us to read this together. We've anointed 2023 as a church. We've anointed the, our goat year. The greatest of all time. Goat is an acronym. The greatest of all time. Just in case you thought I was calling you a barnyard animal. Yeah. A goat year. And what I want us to do here together is we're going to read from possibly the, the most recognizable psalm. And some would say probably the greatest psalm. I call it the, the Michael Jordan psalm. Psalms 23. It's right there. Read along with me. You ready? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Meaning lack nothing. Keep going. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Verse 3. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over, overflows. Last verse, ready? Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you believe that, come on and say amen today. Amen. Amen. Before you're seated, just find somebody, just shake them and just let them know it's your goat year. Come on, just shake them and let them know it's your, it's your goat year. I smell it on you. I smell it on you. You smell like a goat. It's a goat year. It's a goat year. Woo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. David, can I get just a little bit back, sir? Just up here. Thank you. Amen. Amen. So happy, uh, I guess, second Sunday us gathering, but uh, the third Sunday of the year. And glad to see you in the house of God. I'm glad to see you're keeping your priorities in order. That what you what you started, you're you're maintaining. If what you, if this is the first Sunday you've been in church, good. Let this be what you establish all year long. Because I, I I'm always gonna, as your pastor, I'm I'm gonna give you what the Word of God says, and what the Word of God says is always gonna probably gonna be contrary to what the world is telling you, and for many of you, it's gonna be contrary to what your own flesh is telling you. But I'm gonna give you the truth of God's Word. I I want I want I guess I want to start this off. So we just read through probably the greatest of all psalms. I, what this psalm does is, it, the first thing I, I, I kind of feel like I need to highlight to you is that this generation has, really has been sold a, a bunch of BS. <laughs> this generation has been sold a, a bunch of lies. This generation has been, literally has been told that you can be whatever you want to be, that you can do whatever you want to do, that you can have whatever you want to have. Here's why this, you've been sold some BS. This generation has been told, literally, it's your body. So identify however you want. Wear and dress however pleases you. Oh, literally, abort whatever you don't want. You've been sold a bunch of BS. Literally, you've been told that you, 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 you need to be, is that my phone going off? Because if it ain't mine, it needs to be shut off. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> You've been told this. You've been told that you can be your own boss. You can be your own master. You can be your own Lord. You, you can be your own God. Shoot. You can be your own shepherd. Lead yourself. 
Here's what I want you to see. When you read this psalm, you get a reality check, and it's a hard reality check because the reality check of Psalms 23 is this. You will never get to the place where you are the shepherd and God is not. That is not the reality of this psalm. The reality of this psalm is the Lord is my shepherd. Let me just tell you this just in case you didn't know. Donald Trump was not my shepherd. Joe Biden is not my shepherd. My career is not my shepherd. My money is not my shepherd. My government is not my shepherd. My feelings are not my shepherd. The almighty dollar is not my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And if you could say amen to that. What you're telling this generation ultimately is, I don't believe your lies. I don't believe your BS. I don't want to just be whatever I want. I want what the shepherd has for my life. So if the Lord is my shepherd, what does that make me? (laughs) Bah. Real quick, let's give them that first video I got, Tiana, because I, I... This is what it's like, right? Yes, the Lord is my shepherd, but sometimes I'm this kind of sheep. Is this anybody else? Come on. Is this this you in any form or fashion? Don't don't act like it's not. Like, like how how did this even happen? What in the world? There we go. Come on, let's testify. Let's testify. Yeah. Aren't aren't you glad no matter where you're hiding, he can still find you? And no matter how stuck you've got, he can still pull you out. The Lord is my shepherd. And so if he's the shepherd and I'm the sheep, I, I've, I've always wanted us to, to really grasp what, what this comparison means because this comparison is important. What this comparison tells us is that we're like sheep. And sheep are, are some of the only kind of animals, especially domesticated sheep, that cannot survive without a shepherd. The world keeps telling you this. Be more independent. Be more independent. But God is trying to tell you today, if you really want to live your goat year, then you have got to learn something. You must not be more independent. You must learn to live in total dependence on your shepherd. So I've got four things I want to give you real quick. I was talking about this some Wednesday night for those of you who joined me on on the live, but this is what I want to give you. My goat year, I believe, includes this. I believe my goat year includes greater provision. That means my shepherd feeds. He feeds me. David... The, the, the writer of this psalm, David, knew what it was like to, to be forgotten. He was, he was, if you remember the story of David, remember when Samuel came to anoint the next king and, and David's father brought seven of his sons. Guess who was forgotten? The youngest, the eighth. David was forgotten. So he, he knows what it's like to be forgotten. He knows what it's like to be betrayed. So many different times David went through betrayal, even from his own family members, his own son usurped his authority and, and, and took the kingdom from him. David understood what it meant to be betrayed. He understood what it meant to be destitute. He, he understood what, having lost everything at one point in time and, and his own men were ready to, to kill him, stone him to death. He understood to be death. He understood what it meant to lose everything. And yet, how can somebody lose everything and still declare this? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I don't lack anything. What is the opposite of lack. Plenty. You know what the biblical opposite of lack is? Abundance. Whew. I need somebody to get excited for just a moment. 
David wrote, the Lord is my shepherd. I don't lack anything. A thousand years later, another shepherd shows up. His name is Jesus. And he says this in John 10, 10. I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Why? Verse 11. Because I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. I need you to know today, this means because Jesus held nothing back when he gave his life, nothing is held back from Jesus to give to your life. There is no virus he is not equipped to take care of. There is no curse he is not equipped to break. There is no demon he is not equipped to defeat. There is no problem he is not equipped to fix. There is no sin he is not equipped to forgive. He's my good shepherd. And that means whatever I have need, because he held nothing back, nothing is held back from him. That means he knows no limitation. He is not limited. No, my shepherd is actually more than enough. I quote this verse to you all the time, but I just want you to get it in your spirit this year. Ephesians 3.20. It says, now unto him who is able, who is able, who is able. Get this in your spirit. Who is he? He is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all you ask or even think. This is what I came to tell you today. My God is not limited by anything. He's not limited by time because he is the beginning and the end. He's not limited by distance and space because he is the present help in the time of trouble. I need you to know today, we have limitations, but our shepherd has no limitations limitations to his love, no limitations to his goodness, no limitations to his faithfulness, no limitations to his ability, no limitations to his sovereignty. He is the I am that I am. Wherever you are, he is. And like Paul said in Romans 11, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever and ever. Can you just throw up your hands and say amen? This is who you are. My shepherd is not limited. He is, is more than enough. So in this goat year, I just want to remind you, greater provision. Greater provision. This is how I know I'm going to live my goat year. He has greater provision. Verse 2 and 3. Verse 2 and 3 of, of Psalms 23. All to them what they tell us. That he makes me to lie down in green pastures. I'll get on that in just a moment. But this is our goat year because I believe it's going to include here greater direction. Greater direction. This just means my shepherd leads. Greater provision means he feeds, but greater direction means he leads. He leads. I want you to catch this, this visual. Tiana, give him that image of, of a sheep's line of sight. So if you know where their eyes are set, obviously you know that they have excellent peripheral vision. They can almost see almost 320 degrees. Okay? They, they, they literally can, can almost even see it behind themselves. I mean, look at that. Look at that. Come on. Come on, somebody. But here's the problem with them. They have poor depth perception, meaning they can barely see anything right in front of their nose. You know what that sounds like, Rev? Some Christians I know. They can see the problems all around them, 
but they won't even acknowledge what God is trying to tell them right in front of their face. I love verse 2. It says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. Look at somebody and say, make me. Come on. Make, he may, let, can I just be honest? Pastor Olga has been trying to help me with this for years. I hate being made to do anything. You put a stop sign up. I hate being made to do anything. You tell me it's 45 going south on Orchard back into Montgomery, and then you put up all those speed signs so I know how fast I'm going. I hate to be made to do anything. But don't feel bad for me when I see the, the, the red lights, red and blue lights in the background, right? Don't feel bad for me. I hate being made to do anything. Oh, my God. I've got issues. Pray for me. I hate being made to pay my taxes. And y'all don't even know because as a minister, I get dual taxed. Tell us about it. So I hate being made to do anything. I realize this probably started somewhere in my childhood. My psychiatrist pointed this out to me. I hate. He maketh me to lie. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've been praying and begging God for direction, listen. Listen to me. Being a sheep means surrendering control. I have no control where the shepherd is going to lead. The only thing I have control of is what I choose to focus on. Come on. I'm just, I, have, I get to choose what I focus on. My problems or the shepherd. Hebrews 12.2 tells me this. Looking unto Jesus, the author the finisher. He's the perfecter of my faith. So when I can't necessarily control where he's leading me, I ultimately can control where my focus is. I'm going to keep my focus on Jesus. And some of you will say amen to that pastor. But what about those times when I can't see Jesus or even sense Jesus? I'm glad you asked because in John 10 verse 4, Jesus said this, my sheep follow me because they know my voice. Tiana, give them that next video. This next video real quick is as of a woman trying to, she's going through it they basically told her just try to call the sheep try to get the sheep to come so she's she's trying to call them she, she by her own voice she's trying to just hey come follow me listen to me she's trying but then when the shepherd shows up They're looking and they're talking. Jesus said, my sheep follow me. Why? Because they know my voice. Come on, look at somebody near you. Just ask him, do you know his voice? Do you know his voice? Do you know his voice? In 2023, Pastor Bethel, the whole reason I can walk by faith and not by sight is because even when I can't see, I know his voice. My shepherd leads me. Greater direction. Third thing I want to tell you is this. Your goat year is going to include 
greater correction. Why does nobody get excited when I talk about this? <laughs> greater correction. Pastor Olga's going to get real quiet here in just a moment. Just forewarning you. Now, if you want to act like you're holy, then just say amen anyway. Okay, don't let a baby out shout you. Come on, amen. And congratulations to the Molinas. Amen. I'm thankful for another baby in the family. Amen. Amen. Greater correction. Sheep have this tendency, this hardwiring to wander and to wander off. They, they get lost. And, and in fact, the re, part of the reason they need a shepherd is because on their own, they can almost not even find pasture, places to eat or water, places to drink. And hardwired within them for some reason is that what they do is they just follow other sheep. I could preach that the rest of the afternoon. Sheep just follow other sheep. If one, she if one sheep takes them to the edge of a cliff and, and walks off, they'll just follow the other sheep. And it's at this moment in Psalm 23 that David writes something insane to me. He writes this, your rod and your staff. Comfort me. Woo! I've talked about this before. My grandfather used to have one of these, a shepherd's staff. The shepherd's staff has two parts. It has the crook, you know, the, the hook shape, right? All that is is, is symbolic of, of, of God's love, his grace, grabbing hold of me and, and pulling me in. And we love that part, right? Oh, thank you, Lord, for your grace that grabbed me and pulled me back. Whew, it was his grace that kept me from walking off the edge of that cliff. Thank you, Lord, for... But the other part that we don't ever really talk about is the rod. Scripture calls it the rod of correction. Whew, I won't even talk about the, the, the people who've left my church because they don't like me talking about the rod of correction. I don't even want to hear that stuff. No, 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 I don't believe that, that stuff. Good, well, then rip it out your Bible and take it up with God when you, get before, when you stand before him in heaven. And he says, why were your kids so crazy? The rod of correction. The shepherd has, has this, this rod of, of correction. It's not just his grace that's, that's pulling me in. Sometimes he's correcting my walk. I mean, what kind of shepherd would he be if, if, he, if he only gave me comfort but didn't give me correction? What kind of, what kind of shepherd would he be if he, if he only gave me compassion but didn't give me conviction? Uh, let me ask this. Have you ever tried to correct that one person that is never Wrong. Come on, let's have some fun right now. You know exactly who I'm talking about. They are never wrong. I, I know some of you right now are wanting to just look to your left or right. I know. They're just, they're just never wrong. You know what you remind me of? You, you remind me of a sheep. You've got these blind spots. Oof. Areas you just can't even see. And we all have these kind of people in our life. Can I get an amen from someone brave enough to say so right now? We know people with huge blind spots. And the problem with a lot of their blind spots is either A, they don't even know it, or B, they choose to ignore it. <laughs> oh, Lord. How come I can see it? How come everyone else can see it? And you're acting like it isn't there. 
It's a blind spot. And I came to tell you this here today, family. As much as we don't like the shepherd that corrects, biblically speaking, if you refuse correction, you are illegitimate. Hebrews chapter 12, the Bible says, the Lord disciplines the one he loves. He chastens everyone he accepts as his own son. If you are not disciplined, verse 8, then you are not legitimate. You are not a true son or daughter at all. Every time you experience God's correction, listen to me, family, this is not God opposing you. Every time you experience his correction, this is God showing you and proving to you that you are his and he is for you. I was asking Pastor Ola if she remembers this time that we were in TJ Maxx, and she said she didn't. Okay, so. So one time I was in TJ Maxx, and I saw this little chubby kid. He could probably about, I'm just going, yeah, sorry, he was... He was a little chubby kid, about 10 years old. This dude was pushing his mama and telling her to shut the F up. Now, you know, most people in the place, you know what they do? They just act like it didn't even happen, right? Just, just ignore it. You know what I did? I leaned in because I wanted to see mama in this boy's life. <laughs> if you don't know me, I want you to get to know me. If you really want to get on my bad side, then continue to let your children speak and act and do whatever they want without any form of correction. That gets on my last nerve because I love when Christian parents recognize I'm not raising a bunch of degenerates. I'm raising true disciples. And to be a disciple means discipline. I want to commend the Ortega family because this week, 21 days, all six of them are partaking in this fast. Even the little Jedi is partaking. Come on, somebody. We're not raising degenerates, Pastor Bethel. We are raising disciples. Discipline. I don't want to hear you complain anymore about, I don't like this correction. It feels like God is opposing me. No, baby, this is God letting the enemy know that's my daughter, that's my son. They belong to me, and I've got greater for their life. Greater correction, I believe, produces even within us greater conviction. And in that, this is why it's going to be your greatest year. Right about here, right around verse 4, it seems like David begins to shift because he's talking about shepherding. And the imagery he's using, I get what a shepherd does for the sheep. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow, I will fear evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff comfort me. And then he shifts into verse 5. And it almost feels like something different happens, right? It almost feels like I'm sorry, I'm back in Psalms 23. It almost feels like here in verse 5, maybe we're not talking about livestock anymore. Maybe we're talking about lunch. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My, my cup runneth over. It overflows. Okay, cool, David. I don't know why you did that, but that's cool. Until you realize that actually what David's doing here 
it's not talking about, and I, I know some of you right now are just like, ooh, this fast is, uh, is getting to me, Pastor. What God is, is wanting you to see here is there's, there's one more aspect of, of a good shepherd. And I believe for your goat year, your goat year is going to include this, verse 5. Greater protection. Greater protection. Greater protection. Not just greater correction, but greater protection. Come on, somebody, with all the things that are happening in our world right now, uh, who's believing God for greater protection? Greater protection for my family. Greater protection for my finances. Greater protection of what he's blessed me with. Greater protection over my legacy. Greater protection over my mind. Greater protection over my anointing. My shepherd protects. You've heard me talk about this before, but sheep really are some of the most vulnerable creatures. Mostly because they have no discernible means of defense. They can't fly away from a predator. (laughs) They can't climb a tree if something's chasing them. They they can't burrow in the ground to get away from it. Really, even when you look at their, their physical anatomy, their bodies are just not made for defense. They need protection. So what does my shepherd do? David says, my shepherd does this. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. How? By anointing my head with oil. Two years ago, I I preached an entire series on this, with oil. I love this imagery right here. Why anoint my head with oil? Because an anointed head is a protected head. Come on, somebody. The, the oil is God's warning side. Don't trespass. This is my property. Why, why anoint my head with oil? Because the oil is symbolic of God showing you this is what belongs to me. The oil becomes the marking, that place of identification. This belongs to God. Psalms 105 verse 15 says this, touch not my anointed. Where I've placed my oil, it belongs to me. Don't touch it. Do not do my prophets any harm. The oil is the shepherd's way of saying when you mess with what I've anointed, you're messing with me. I came to let the devil know in 2023 go ahead and try your schemes and your plans but when you mess with what God has anointed, you are messing with the almighty himself. The good shepherd has protected you in ways you don't even recognize. Come on, somebody. Just take a moment and think of all the ways God protected you and you knew about and you're thankful for. But then take a moment to consider all the ways he protected you and you didn't even know. All the possible accidents, all the missed bullets, all all those bad relationships you could have got into, all those dead-end jobs, all those closed doors, every way you could have failed, but something about your shepherd protected you and you didn't even know you were being protected. I want to remind you, this world is shaky. Your flesh is sinful. Even Satan can be scary, but there is security in the presence of the good shepherd. So go ahead and I might lose my job this year, but guess what? I've still got a good shepherd. My doctor might give me a bad health report, but guess what? I've still got a good shepherd. Yes, I, 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 
get it. People, people are going to hurt me. They're going to reject me. They're going to betray me. But guess what? I still have a good shepherd. And right now, there might not be any money in your bank account on January 15th. But guess what? You've still got a good shepherd. I want somebody to take 10 seconds and put your hands together and declare, God, I thank you. You've got my back more than I even give you credit for. I've got a good shepherd. It's no coincidence then that David says this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Let me just focus on this valley and I'm done. Scripturally speaking, what is a valley? Scripturally speaking, a valley is not a, a place where I'm supposed to die. Valley is supposed to be a place of transition. Valley is, that, that, here's what that means. It means your valley is not a destination. It, it, it's, it's, it's not my destiny. I'm, I'm just passing through. I, I'm just passing through. This is not the end game. This valley that I'm going through, this valley of sorrow, this valley of emotion, this valley of pain. Listen to me, somebody. David says, though I walk through, though I walk through, though I walk through. How many people have we seen, Pastor Bethel, through the decades set up camp in the place they were supposed to just walk through? And now they're dwelling in their anger and they're dwelling in their pain and they're dwelling. They've, they've made a habitation in a place that was just supposed to be a destination. But this is not your destiny. Keep moving. This valley is not my home. I'm just passing through. If you could just see from heaven's perspective, this valley is actually strategic. It's not there to, to, to stop you. It's there to promote you. What, what, what do I mean? Let me explain. When you get to the top of a mountain, you can't go any higher. The only way you can go higher is to come back down from that mountain and go through the valley and then go up the next mountain that is higher. I'm tired of seeing one-hit wonders in Christendom. You did something great for God at one point in time in your life, and now you're sitting on that pinnacle, but now you're wondering, is God done with me? Is there nothing else for me to do? Come off that mountaintop. Go through this valley, because God's got a higher, greater destination for you to get to. Somebody hear me in your spirit. You can't reach the destiny God has for your life until you go through the valley. But by faith, here's what I believe. My shepherd is bringing me through this valley and he's bringing me to a place of victory. Somebody declare it over 2023. It's a valley, but he's bringing me to the victory. Right after talking about this valley, David says something so powerful. He says, my cup runneth over. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me. You know what, the, you know what he's showing me here? Sometimes the valley precedes the overflow. Sometimes, Derek, I have to go through in order to get to goodness and mercy. Come on, somebody. 
I, I don't even know what you've been through the last couple years, last couple months, last couple weeks, last couple days. But I do know it's not your destiny. It's a place to go through. To go through so you can get to something that's not going to follow after you. Goodness and mercy all the days of your life. Today you may be dealing with sickness. But on the other side of that valley, I'm declaring there's going to be an overflow of strength and an overflow of health. Right now, things might be very difficult economically, but on the other side of that valley, your cup is going to run over with prosperity and promotion. I know right now some of you are going through heartbreak. You're going through great loss, but on the other side of your valley, this cup of yours is going to overflow with greater love, greater joy, greater peace, greater relationships, greater blessings, greater anointing. I want somebody to just take a moment right now and throw up your hands in faith and say my cup runneth over I'm declaring this in 2023 over my life I've been through the valley I'm not staying in this valley some of us feel like it's been an extended valley but this valley is leading me to a place of victory greater things are coming for my life because my cup runneth over that means God has greater for me greater greater things ahead in Jesus name amen and amen Greater, 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 greater protection. Why would God not protect what he gave? That anointing he's given you, that purpose he's given you, that destiny he's given you. Why would he not do everything he can to protect what he's given? If you can, just for a moment with me, I want you to, to just imagine in your mind what it looks like to be sitting at David's table. Now, now mind you, it, it, you might have to fix your imagery for just a moment. More than likely, it's not a table. It's not at all anything like a table you sit at. More than likely, they didn't even have chairs. Okay. Maybe when he was the king, but when you're in your home, you lay down to eat. You, you, you lay down and, and you eat. Now, catch this imagery in, in your mind for just a moment. That means in order to get more, I have to get up. I have to leave my rest. I have to leave my, come on, I know some mamas know what I'm talking about. You haven't had a warm meal in a long time. Hello. Because I have to keep getting up. Get, get, getting up. But this imagery is so powerful. Because David said, not only do you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemy, but you cause my cup to overflow. That simply means what the good shepherd supplies will never run out. It overflows. It overflows. Tiana, give him that, that, that image of that cup. It overflows. That means what he has given to me. That means it's going to, he will never run out of grace. He will never run out of love. He will never run out of joy. He will never run out of peace. He will never run out of wisdom. He will never run out of hope. He will never run out of power. He will never run out of purpose. He will never run out of authority. It's it's who he is. And his promise to you this year is the overflow. The old, Are you ready just to live in a place where I can continue to rest and I don't have to get up? Because the overflow from my great God, he never runs out. Stand your feet with me in this place right now. Stand your feet with me. I'm done. I'm done. 
you anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Greater. I'm not going to lie. Thursday, Friday, Saturday of this week, I was exhausted. You try fasting for 12 hours and then only eating plants. <laughs> try it. You see exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not fitting in shape like Pastor Beth, though. I'm trying here, y'all. Come on. But I'm, I was tired. And I had headaches. And at times, certain members of my family were getting irritated. Hello, somebody. Come on. We were, we were missing our sugar. <laughs> but then we get to that place. It was dinner time. Pastor Olga would prepare the table for us. We'd come and we'd sit and we'd eat. And, and, and trust me, even on, on a plant-based diet, I kept eating. I was hungry. But it was in those moments, obviously, that there was the nourishment that I felt. I felt strength again return. The strength that I needed to continue on. Now, what's my point? Part of the reason some of you feel no strength is all at all is because you're not coming back to the table that has been prepared for you. It's because you've been resisting and fighting the God who makes you lie down in certain places. It's because you're going through the valley and then for some reason you decided to stop in the valley and now you're stuck in a place that you were meant to go through. Some of you in this place, I mean, let's just, let's just call it what it is. You've resisted the oil. You've resisted the oil. Jessica, I had to remind myself, what's the whole purpose of anointing my head with oil? The protection of the brain. The protection of the mind. The protection of the thought life. If you know anything about sheep, because they have no form of defense... When flies and, and, and bugs would crawl up in their nose and lay their larvae. And obviously those things would hatch and cause different kinds of, of, of brain uh, dysfunctions and, and, and trauma to the, the sheep. What they would do to, to try to fix themselves. The sheep many times would bash their heads against stones in the ground just to, to try to fix what they were struggling with. So the oil... Here's what the oil does. The oil makes it so that the flies can't stick. Somebody, this, this is why you need to get in the presence of God and stay in the presence of God. Because the oil will make it so whatever the enemy's designed won't stick. It won't stick. It can't stay. It's the whole point of the oil, to protect the mind. But here's the other part about it. And many of you heard me talk about this because I feel like I always need to with, with Christians. The other part of it is males, they want to assert their dominance. And so they'll, they'll bounce their heads off each other a little bit, right? They'll, they'll buck and they'll kick and they're like, who's the strongest? So the shepherd's smart because I don't need a bunch of stupid males around here beating each other up. So he anoints their head with oil. So when they turn, to, turn on each other and go at each other, the oil actually causes them to kind of just graze each other. Glance. You know how I know you're anointed? Because we can disagree and still not hurt each other. I said we can disagree but not cause each other harm. 
at the end of the day, I don't really care what your theology is as long as it gets you to heaven. We don't need to go fighting about it all the time and causing each other harm about it all the time. In the end, I really know you're anointed though when you can come back to your brother and back to your sister and say, forgive me, before I can offer my gift at the altar, I've got to come and try to make right the offense that I've caused. My God, here's what I believe in 2023. Some of you are going to be so anointed, you're actually going to go out of your way and instead of looking for everybody to apologize to you for what they've done wrong, you're so anointed. Hey, I'm sorry. I, if I did you wrong, forgive me. I'm sorry. If we can't be buddies, at least know, forgive me. I can tell you're anointed because you're not trying to harm what the shepherd loves. Woo. Okay, I'm done. I'm praying today that you experience a greater flow of the oil on your life. My God. My God. Help me pray just for a moment right now. Heavenly Father, we speak not just to this day, but to the rest of this year. We prophetically speak to 23. And while we've anointed it as a goat year, God, we need to live it. It doesn't need to be an ideal. It doesn't need to be a thought. It needs to be reality. So right now, God, we are asking that you begin to show us the areas of our life and our hearts, our mindset. We are resisting you, resisting the oil, resisting surrender. We are fighting the greater you have for our life. My God, I have watched men and women in this ministry shift and change and not for the better. And I'm praying today, Lord, that what you will do is you will remind them there is a greater anointing for them today and a greater anointing for them this year. It's greater, God. It's You haven't called us to less. You've called us to greater. And if we're even, even if right now we're going through the valley, God, I believe you are the shepherd who is with us and you will bring us through this thing into something greater. There's a place called a table prepared in the presence of my enemies. God, I thank you. You're bringing us there. No more pain and sorrow. No more looking back at what we didn't have and what was taken and what we've lost. Instead, we're going to declare, I've got a good shepherd. The Lord is my good shepherd, and I lack nothing. Somebody prophesy to 23 and declare greater provision. Come on, prophesy to 23 and declare greater, greater direction. Come on, prophesy to 23 and declare, as much as I don't like it, greater correction so I can become less like me and more like Jesus. Somebody prophesy to this year and declare greater, greater, greater protection, greater protection over my family, greater protection over what I love, greater protection over what God has called me to, greater. Now I invite you now all over this room, let's lift our hands to the Lord. Father, I thank you for every time you protected me and I didn't know it. Father, I thank you for every time you provided for me and I, I didn't... I didn't honor you and thank you. My God. Uh, Father, I, I thank you for every single time 
you corrected me and I was trying to resist and fight. But it's your love for me that disciplines me. That's the proof you love me. Oh my God.